that deepen. Uh, we, we actually started this year uh, when we talked about what was ahead for us this year. We talked about three words that God, uh, we felt, kind of had for us as, as a church this year. And these three words were faith, depth, and unity. And, uh, and one of the things that I've kind of, as I've looked ahead at the year and, and thought about where, where God wants us to speak into, uh, almost every series and, and the different things that we look at on Sundays will kind of lean into one of those words, whether it's faith or depth or unity, or maybe a couple of those words, but all, kind of all this year, we're going to keep, you know, it's not going to be kind of a one and done mess. We're going to keep circling back to these big ideas uh, that we think God has for us. So this series is going to help us lean into this word depth. And we began to talk even then about this idea of depth. We're not talking about just kind of knowing more facts about God or anything like that. But depth is all about how do we deepen our connection to God? How do we deepen our relationship? How do we deepen and strengthen that? Prayer is, uh, in many ways, this is the channel where that happens. Prayer is all about us communicating with God and God communicating with us. So prayer is really, in lots of ways, it's kind of the means, the channel that brings about a a deepening relationship. But the key, if you want to deepen your relationship and your connection to God, is praying a certain kind of prayer. Because some prayers uh, don't, don't always lead to the deepening. See, it's possible to be praying about things that are at the surface. Sometimes this is kind of our, our almost kind of default uh, approach to prayer for many of us, or if we're kind of new on the faith journey, maybe where we've begun in prayer, is we think of prayer as, here are things that I, I, I want or I need, or things in my life that I wish would change, or events, circumstances around me. And, and sometimes, and those are all things that are sometimes at the surface level, things that we can actually see with our eyes, things that are, are material and happening around us. Uh, but uh, when we, when we allow our prayers to focus too much on the surface, they don't always bring about a, a, a deepening within. Prayers that deepen actually move our attention from what's at the surface and visible to the human eye to what is deeper and, and below that. So we're going to talk about, in the, in the New Testament, we actually see uh, some great examples of these prayers that actually, uh, they're a certain kind of prayer and they bring about a deepening relationship with God. And if that's something you want in your life, then you'll be, uh, you'll be really thrilled this next few weeks because we're going to really lean into that. So the first of these, so there's these three, uh, we're going to look at three of them. There's, there's another one we'll maybe come to a different time. But in this series, we're going to look at three prayers that uh, Paul, who wrote uh, a lot of these letters in the New Testament, he wrote these letters to these churches, and, and he, he would write these letters. And in a few of those letters, he says to the church, like, this is what I'm praying for you. This is what I want for you. This is what I'm, I'm bringing you before God, and this is what I hope God does in you. And so we're going to look at the first one of these in a letter to the church at Ephesus. It's called Ephesians, and this prayer that, that Paul uh, has for them, prays for them, and see what it can show us about how we begin to pray prayers that deepen. Does that sound good? Good, I hope, because if you said no, it really didn't matter. It was not... <laughs> going to change what I was going to talk about today. But that being said, I'm glad that this sounds good. Uh, Ephesians chapter 1. We'll have it up on the screens. Ephesians chapter 1. Paul says this. He says, for this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you and remembering you in my prayers. 
He's like, here's this community of people. I've heard about your faith in Jesus. You, you love God's people. So he says, I, I've, just, I've not stopped just thanking God for you people that you're there. He says, I remember you in my prayers. I'm bringing you before God. And he says, this, as I remember you in my prayers, this is what I'm asking for. Verse 17, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you, this is what he says, I want him to give you this, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. He goes on and says in uh, verse 18, he says, I pray, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. It's amazing. He says, you, church of Ephesus, you know, you, God's people, you are the riches of God's glorious inheritance in his holy people. You know, this is, if, uh, I hope you know this morning, you know, God sees you as his inheritance. He, he's, he's come, he's to rescue, redeem you. you. You matter so much to him. He says he wants you to know the hope that he's called you. In verse 19, the other, he says, and that you would also know his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion in every name that's invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. This is what uh, Paul prays for this church. Here's what I want you to know. Here's what I want you to know. And, and I love, you know, one of the things we see about this is that this prayer, it is all about, and it is focused on, and it's big idea, and it's major thrust of what Paul wants for them. It's all so that the people would know God better. This whole thing is all about knowing God better. This is a a distinct kind of, of shift in some ways. He says, you know what, if I could pray, if I could ask God, I'm bringing you before him. All the things he could ask for these people. He says, you know what, I'm asking for all these things. And, and there's this great phrase, in order that you may know him better. Let's go back to that, the verse where he, he mentions this. I think that's in, in 17. He says, I keep asking and doing all this so that. This is the big so that. Paul says, I'm asking all these things so that you may know him better. Can, can I tell you, it, it is a distinctly different way to pray and to orient and shape your prayer life around the one big idea of saying, God, I want to know you better. Prayers that deepen begin to move from, here's my life, here's what I'm hoping for, dreaming for, wanting. Here's a challenging situation I'm facing and I want God to, to shift it and change it and move it. Or here's something really great. It's a dream I have. God, would you help me to move this direction? Prayers that deepen say, God, in all things, may I know you better. Do you know, sometimes I see people who are praying and they become very disappointed and very discouraged in their prayer life. And they feel like, you know, I was praying for X, Y, or Z. And either God's saying no, or God's saying not yet, or God's saying wait, or maybe, or God's, and they get disappointed and discouraged. Can I tell you, as long as our prayers focus on what happens up here, we miss the core of what prayer is about. Because prayer is actually about saying, 
God, I may ask for these things. I'm looking for these things. But God, in all things, may I know you better. Whether things are going the way I'm hoping and dreaming or whether they're not, if you begin to pray, God, more than anything, I want to know you better. That will transform your prayer life. And it will transform, literally, your relationship to God. You'll begin to experience everything that happens at the surface level in an entirely different light. One of the professors and a friend of mine in the, the program where I'm doing some studies, a guy named Rob Reamer, and he has this great phrase. I love this phrase. And, and he talks about how we have to sometimes ask ourselves, do I seek God for his face or for his hand? That often when we're seeking God, we can fall into the temptation of actually seeking God far more for his hand. I want him to move. I want him to do something. God, stretch out your hand and do something. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's an awesome thing when God moves his hand. We see it in scriptures all the time. But sometimes we have to ask ourselves, do I seek God just for his hand? Is that what my prayer is all about, just seeing God's hand move? Or do I seek him for his face? Is there a part of me that just, I just want to know God? You think of Moses even and how his prayer to God. I just want to see you, you know, face to face. Do we seek God for his hand? Do we seek him for his face? This is a prayer that's all about seek his face, you know. Make it this, the goal of your life, the thrust of your life to know him better. When you begin to ask for this, something begins to happen, I believe. Now I want to see a couple more things here. We see uh, as well, he asked for a number of things that really help facilitate this and make this a reality. Uh, that he, 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 this is what it's all about. It's about knowing him better. So if we miss that, then we'll miss what all these things are about. All these things are for one and one purpose that we might know him better. But Paul also asks uh, for these things to kind of help make that happen. And, and the first thing we see is that God, he, he asked for this spirit of wisdom and revelation. So he says, keep asking so that he may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. You know, this is, depending on what translation you have, you see here in the NIV, it's capital S, spirit. He's saying the Holy Spirit. And one of the things the Holy Spirit is like is, is this spirit of wisdom and revelation. Some translation, if you've got a, a different Bible, it might not be capitalized. The, the, it's a little bit ambiguous whether it's saying the Holy Spirit of wisdom and revelation or just a spirit. of. But the point of this is, is that knowing God requires the, the kind of, interaction between his spirit and ours. And that spirit, it brings wisdom. Not just knowledge about God, but wisdom, understanding of what life is about, understanding of what God is doing and what God is up to, understanding of how we are to live for him. The spirit of wisdom and revelation. We need the spirit of revelation because we cannot find our way to God. We can't just kind of build a bridge and travel. God's, the problem is not that God is just distant from us and we need to get, you know, geographically and closer to proximity. No, he, it, it, he has to reveal himself to us. The, the first uh, Russian uh, cosmonaut, they call him astronaut, if you ever heard this story, I, I think it must have been the 50s or 60s. I wasn't alive, so I can't say. Um, and I don't have time to Google it in front of you. <laughs> But uh, the, the first Russian astronaut got into outer space, and one of the first things he said was, I've been to outer space, and God is not here. And, and his point was, well, there is no God. You know, this is kind of communist Russia at its height, and there's this big declaration, you know, God's not in outer space. And, and it's kind of reflecting this very, um, you know, kind of misguided view that somehow God is just distantly out there. 
God's not just farther away and up in the sky. It complete misfit. God is completely other than this world. He created it, but he is not contained by it. He sits outside it. It's not like if we could just travel far enough, we could ever find our way to him. If we just got into space, if we just got, no, no, no. If we're going to know God, it's going to be because he chooses to reveal himself. He makes himself known to us. And, and this reminds us that, you know what, this is, this is what Paul says. I pray that God would give you that spirit of wisdom and revelation. That, that, that you would be just growing in your understanding, communing with him. That God would be showing you more and more of who he is. So I pray that you would know that that would be the spirit that you know within you. God at work within you. And I love he, he gives this phrase as well. As he goes on, uh, he says, And I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. This, this speaks further into this idea. You know what he prays? He prays that the eyes of our heart would be enlightened. That they're, they're, This is kind of God's part in all this. God has to actually uh, enlighten our hearts. He, he brings it. We can't enlighten. We can't just kind of flick the switch on ourselves, but we ask God's spirit, would you begin to open something up in me that can see you, that can see more of you? God, would you do that? I can't do, we can't do this on our own. It's just people. But we can ask that God would en- bring this enlightenment to the eyes of our heart. We'd have these eyes to see. There'd be an increasing capacity within us to see God, to know God. And this is about the eyes of our heart. The heart is the realm in which we engage with God and know him. And so he prays that the, it'd be like our, our hearts have eyes that we begin to see him. And I love that this enlightening also is going to help. He says, I pray the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. He's going to talk about the hope. I want you to know the hope to which he has called you. And later he's going to talk about the power that's inside you. Do you know, if you know and pray for and ask, God, help me to know the hope to which I'm called. This changes everything about how you experience your your journey with God, your life of faith. When you know the hope, when you know what you're moving towards, when you know how great what God has in store for you is, that changes your experience of everything. This last week, my, my well, I, I'm, about a week ago, I've lost track of the dates. We celebrated this week, so forgive me if it sounds like I don't know what I'm talking about. It was my wife's birthday. <laughs> Sometime in recent uh, days. And... Uh, but we were, we were, we were remembering this week because we ended up at, at, at a house this week where 10 years ago on her birthday, I threw her a surprise party. I threw a surprise party 10 years ago, organized all our friends, all, you know, the only time I've ever done it, this big surprise party. And we were remembering how it was just funny because the day of the surprise birthday party, I told her, we're going out, you know, so get dressed up. We're going to go out for your birthday tonight. It's going to be great. We're going to go, you know, restaurants or, or wherever I was saying. Uh, and then I said, but before we go out, we have to go to my friend's house. Um, and, and I said, so, it was something about, you know, we're going to watch just a, a, I promised him that we'd watch a little bit of like a preseason footy game or something. <laughs> and it was, it was that or it was, it had something to do with footy. I can't remember. I think it was, there was a preseason game we were getting to. And she was the whole way over. She's just like, I cannot believe we're doing, why are we doing this? Like, we're good. Just because you, you know, I'm like, I told him we'd come. I said we'd come by. He's having a few people around for the footy game. I think that was, you know, and she's just really kind of, you know, less than thrilled about, 
about what she was anticipating her birthday to look like. Like, we're going to your friend, you know, to, to, to watch footy. This is just not great. Oh, no, don't worry. We'll go out. So then we get there, and of course, instead, you know, all her friends are there. There's food. There's, there's, there's pre- it was It was great. It was a super fun night. Can I tell you, we, we had a, you know, the car ride over would have felt very different <laughs> if she knew what was ahead for her. She didn't know what was ahead. And so she was, understandably, grumpy, we'll call it. <laughs> very fairly and, and all those. You know what? Because she didn't, she didn't know. Like, oh my goodness. You know, when she was, she had the best. It was, it was a great night. We remember what a fun night that was. Can I tell you, someone's kind of going through life and we just don't know. We don't, we haven't grasped. Yeah, we know the facts. Remember, this isn't about knowing the facts. Yeah, Jesus died and I'm going to be in heaven, all those things one day. No, no, no. Do you know how great the hope to which he has called you? Do you live life with an eternal perspective that the, one day you'll be with the great God of the universe with no more, you know, kind of walls separating you, just completely free and in his presence? And not only that, but do you know that that, that power lives in you now and here and now we have an increasing capacity to bring that eternal world, that eternal kingdom of God's into reality in this world. Do you know that's part of the hope? That there's a life that he wants you to live right here and now, more and more in his presence, more and more able to see with the eyes of your heart him in your life. This is the hope to which we are called. If we realize how great it is, how incredible it is, how awesome it is, it changes our experience of the present. These are the things that, that Paul's praying for here. And, and he has this last great phrase, and I pray that you'd know the hope, and I pray that you'd know the power. He says, his incomparably great, verse 19, his incomparably great power for us who believe. There is a power for us who, who believe. When we come to Christ and we're given his spirit, there's a power that comes along with that. And he says, that power, we just sang about this, that power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead. We're coming up to, to Easter, where we uniquely once a year celebrate the resurrection of Christ, that he went to the cross and he conquered death and he was raised to life. And you just think even for a moment, let your mind wander around that reality of, of Christ in the grave and beatered and bruised, you know, just beaten and bruised and all those things. And then on the third day, the power yeah, come on. surging through him, raising him to life, conquering death. Yeah. And that power, Paul, it says, lives in you. Oh, incredible. Yes. You know, this word for power in the Greek is dunamis. It's literally the same word we get dynamite from. If you know Christ, there should be a dynamite factor in your life. There should be this power that is transforming your experience, transforming how you live, enabling you to no longer be conformed to the things of this world, but conformed to the image of Christ. There is a power at work. It bears fruit. It brings gifts. It enables you to be uh, living a new life, a brand new life in Christ. It's power. It's power. You know, the, uh, a few weeks back, we had a, a time of prayer, and uh, people were able to respond for different things. And, and uh, about a 13 or so year old boy, maybe 14, I'm not sure, came right up to me and he said, this is what I want, is I want the strength to be able to stand for Christ in my school, when I'm around my friends, all those places. And, you, and I heard that and I'm like, man, you know, here is this kid and every one of us who's been 13 or 14, no matter how long ago it is, we all remember that 
to sometimes take that stand when the entire tide and current is going against you doesn't just happen easily. It takes power. It takes energy. And I prayed for him, and I was so happy to pray for him because I loved that prayer and that request, and I know that's a prayer God wants to answer. I want my power in you to be so strong. You don't move with the crowd, but you actually have a power that's coming out of my Holy Spirit to take a stand for Christ. And whether you're 13 or 30 or 40 or 50, that is the power we are meant to have to represent this world. And we need it. We can't live for Christ if we don't know the power of his spirit. We'll just know about him. We won't really know what it is to live out that resurrection life that enables us to make new choices, new decisions, that enables us to forgive those we thought we could never forgive, to love those we thought we could never love. We need the power that enables us to live that new life. And Paul says, when I pray for you, that's what I keep asking for. I'm asking that you know the hope and you would know, know the power. Knowing the power isn't about knowing what the Greek word for power is. Knowing the power is experiential. That you would know it in your life. Wouldn't you love to know that? Wouldn't you love to know more of that? Wouldn't you in an increasing measure love to know the power that raised Jesus from the dead in your life? That would be an amazing thing. I get why Paul keeps praying for this. And I want you to know, to, to know something. This, all these things we see him praying for here, these are not things that you can try harder and do better. These are things that God's spirit has to do in us. And they are accessed, as Paul is accessing on behalf of the church, they are accessed through prayer. They are accessed by asking for these things, praying for these things. These are things that God has to do in you. Now, one of the things that, that I think is helpful to realize as well, there's a, one last thing I want to just kind of highlight from how this happens. These are things Paul's praying for. These are things he's asking for. These are things he says, I want you to know these things in your life. These are stuff God has to do. That's kind of God's part in this. But I want to talk to you for a moment about what I think is our part in this. And that is the, the persevering in prayer part of this. I want you to see how Paul, when he starts this, just notice a couple of the things, the way he talks about how he prays. He says, ever since I heard about your faith and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped. I have not stopped giving thanks for you and remembering you in my prayers. I have not stopped. Not stopped is a word that may be helpful for you to take away today. You may go, I hear all these things. It's great things. I'd love to, love to know more of that. You might be someone who's had, a, you know, somewhere in your past. You know what? I prayed for those things. I, I don't feel like I accessed them the way you're talking about today. I'm not sure. Can I tell you there's a not stopped factor that is really important as we lean into praying these things. Prayers that, demon, that deepen uh, have a not stopped factor about them. That we don't just step out of that. And he says, I keep asking, verse 17. He says, and I keep asking. I don't ask once. I don't just, hey, that was nice and nice. I keep asking that he would do these things. There is this just keep on, not stop, keep asking aspect to these prayers. Can I tell you, I think this is sometimes that piece that may be missing even in our lives. Are we a people 
who have the same burning. You feel like Paul, when he was writing this, you know, there's no actual punctuation in, in the Greek language. There, 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 maybe there's full stop. They don't have the exclamation points. You feel, like sometimes I'm like, man, I think he probably might have stuck some exclamation points, some points in here. I keep asking. You know, Paul was not just kind of a laid back kind of guy. I keep asking. I've not stopped. And I think that's an element of what these prayers look like. And, and, you know, I, as I was thinking of this week about this whole idea, a picture kind of came to my mind. It's a famous picture. You may know it. It's the, one of the most famous uh, images of all time. Sistine Chapel, Michelangelo, uh, not the Ninja Turtle, the Renaissance painter. I know that sometimes is confusing. Uh, but I checked it online because I wasn't certain myself. <laughs> Michelangelo painted this. It's one of the most famous paintings you see. This is Adam. It's called the creation of Adam. You see Adam, and there, there he is. And he's laying in the garden. And you see God reaching out to him. And Adam, he's, you know, he's, he's got this kind of perfect physique and all those things, but he's just laying there. And all, for all the muscles he has, he's just kind of bent, laid back, really relaxed. Yeah, you know, kind of a, you could write, you know, a little bit of a, a whatever kind of moment for him. And here's God. And God is reaching out, and his arm is as fully extended as could be. As far as he could kind of reach towards, and, he, and you see sometimes people zoom in just on the hands, and you see the, the hand of God reaching out, his finger going as far as it can go. And, and Adam, it's like if he would just lift one finger, they would meet. If he would just take, just take that little bit of effort, that little bit of energy to just reach out. Or imagine if he reached at all in the way God is. God is going completely extended while he just kind of sits back. Can I tell you, I think for some of us, it may be a challenge to say, are you reaching? Are, are you, would you be willing even today to just lift the finger a little bit? Because God's reaching out towards us. And I mean that for all of us. Paul said, these are people. I've heard of your faith. I'm praying for you. Here's the things I want for you. And he says, I keep asking. I've not stopped. And I pray that God would do these things, that he would enlighten the eyes of your heart. He would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. He would enable you to know the hope to which he's called you and the power of the resurrection within your life. Are we a people who, like him, will keep on asking? who will not stop praying. Because it's like, as, as we lean into that, I believe there is something God will do in us that we could know. This is why these are prayers that deepen. Because as we lean into these things, you know what happens as we pray into these things, as God releases his power, we know him better. We don't know more about him. We know him better. That's what he wants for us, to know him better in increasing measure. These are prayers that deepen. Now, over the next three weeks, here's what I want to encourage us to do. If you want to kind of join in on this, if party goes, I want to know him better. I don't want to know more about it. I want to know him better. Here's what, over the next three weeks, we are going to just say as a church, let's just pray into these things. Let's, and let's, you know what you see it with Paul as well, praying for the Ephesian church? This also was about him praying them for someone else. 
This wasn't even Paul saying, I just pray this myself. He's praying this for them. I think something really dynamic and powerful happens when we don't just pray them, but we pray them for one another. Just like what we see happening here in the scriptures. Over the next 21 days, wouldn't it be amazing if we said, let's pray these kinds of prayers. These prayers that deepen. And we're going to look at two more. So for this next seven days, between now and next Sunday, every day to be praying Ephesians 1, 15 to 21. These prayers that when you meet with God, you pray this into your own life. Say, God, I want to know you better. No matter where you are, how long you've journeyed with him or how short, I want to know you better. It's a prayer you can pray every day to be saying, God, these are the things I want. And, and, and I want to encourage you to consider, you could call it fasting if you want. It doesn't need to be an intense one, but I just think, you know what, what, what if over the next 21 days, between now, it's basically 21 days roughly till Easter, Easter Sunday, if you chose something in your life to say, I'm just going to give that up for the next 21 days to focus on knowing God better, praying these kinds of prayers. It might be giving up a, a, just a, a food that you like over the 21 days or a drink that you like or, a, or you know, maybe it's a, a, you know, kind of social media thing or an internet thing or I'm not going to watch TV or, you know, it doesn't need to be something hugely intense, but something that is big enough in your life that you would go, I will miss it and it will remind me and drive me to focus on saying, you know, God, I don't want to know more about what's on TV. I want to know you better. I want to know you better. So I'm putting that to the side. And in those moments and in those spaces, I'm just going to be praying that God, you'd enlighten the eyes of my heart. I want to know the hope more. I want to know the power of the resurrection in my life more. I want to know you better. Wouldn't that be a great 21 days? And, and so I want to encourage you to consider doing that over the next 21 days. This week, Ephesians, we'll do another prayer next week and then likewise. And then maybe ask yourself a couple of these questions. Who will pray with you? The best thing I think you do is find some people that you say, let's pray these things for one another. Not just... Paul prayed it for Ephesus. How great it can be to have someone praying these things into over your life. So maybe to say to a couple people, or, or maybe you find, a, maybe it's in your connect group. You got a group in your connect group, and you say, hey, let's do this for one another. You know, let's the three of us say every day, the next seven days, I'm going to commit to pray this for you. You pray it for me. You know, and, 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 and just to do that in groups. Maybe you got a journey group, group of two or three you already meet with. Do this in those kinds of groups. Uh, maybe you're serving on a team here and, and you're on a, a welcome team. You say with your team, hey, let's, let's pray these things for each other this week. And let's just, you know, we'll shoot, text each other or emails, remind each other, I'm praying this for you. Find a couple other people. You're going to pray it for them. They're going to pray it for you. And lean into that over, these, over this time. And I think something really amazing could happen because the same power that raised Christ from the dead is at work within us. Imagine what would happen. So I want to encourage you to do that over this next 21 days. So maybe this week, maybe today, think about it. You could begin tomorrow. Think, you know, what's something, God, I could take away that will, the key here is focusing, that will focus my attention these next 21 days on connecting in a deeper way with you. And I'll tell you what we're going to do this morning. I'm going to invite the team back up. The, the, the music team is going to come back up. And, uh, and what I want to do this morning, we see it again in this passage. One of these keys here that I think we can't miss is it's someone praying on behalf of someone else. Not just individuals seeking God, though I think we need to take this into our individual lives. But something powerful happens when we pray on behalf of one another. And we want to create a little bit of space in this next few minutes. That if maybe today you say, I want that. 
Now, I want to take another step in that. Maybe last few weeks, even during the press on uh, in and through series, you were like, you know, I know I want to get closer into God. Let me tell you, this is how you keep taking that forward. You begin to pray the kinds of prayers that will take you there. And, and so just in the next few minutes, we want to just create some space to pray for you. And to pray a really simple, just this Ephesians prayer. And so we've got plenty of room kind of down here. And if you say, you know what, I want somebody to pray that for me. To kind of get this, this thing started in my life. Uh, to just let someone, what, what will happen, come forward. You don't have to talk to anyone, not ask a question. But if you come forward during this next song, a couple people, our prayer teams are here. And, 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 and plenty of people around will come. And just two people will put their hands on you. And they'll pray these, this prayer. Just really simply, that you would know him better. That God will begin to enlighten the eyes of your heart. That you'd know the hope to which he's called you. That you'd know the, the power, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. That you would know it. Not know more about it. That you would know it at work in your life. And all these things would happen so that you would know God better. And they'll just pray that for you. And then you go right back and keep singing. You can stay here if you wanted to spend some time connecting with God. But during this next song, I want to encourage you to maybe do that. Maybe that for you. Maybe there's part of you that thinks, I want to want this. Let me tell you, that's that first step sometimes. Just raising your finger. Just going, I'm moving towards God. I'm taking a step. I would normally do that kind of, I'm taking a step because I want to know more of the same power to raise Jesus from the dead in my life. Why don't you stand and we're going to sing those words and understand and believe and know that the same power raised Jesus from the dead. He's here and he's in you. Same.